Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on NRM Streamcast. Can't see nothing in front of me Can't see nothing coming up behind Make my way through this darkness I can't feel nothing but this chain that binds me Lost track of how far I've gone Far I've gone, how high I've climbed On the backs of sixty pound stone On the shoulder half mile line Come on up for the rising Come on up and lay your hands in mine Come on up for the rising Come on up
As I record this, it is September 11th. I'm pretty sure I don't need to remind you what the significance of that date is. Uh, but suffice it to say, I thought it was uh, pretty appropriate to not only kick off this week's show, but to bookend this week's show with selections from Springsteen's 2002 album, The Rising, an album that uh, many will uh, remember as his 9-11 record, and a record that was significant because it was the very first all-new all studio recording by Springsteen with the E Street Band since 1984's Born in the USA. So a, a pretty monumental record, plus... It was the first time that Springsteen had gone out of his usual circle for uh, production. Usually it was Bruce, his manager John Landau, uh, maybe some uh, uh, mixing from uh, Chuck Plotkin, uh, but uh, you know, mastering by uh, Bob Ludwig, Bob Clearmountain, a, a bunch of Bobs. But uh, pretty much, you know, Springsteen kept to his inner circle. And for The Rising, uh, it was the first time he stepped out of the inner circle. And he tapped Brendan O'Brien, uh, best known previously for his work with people like Pearl Jam and Matthew Sweet. And uh, he worked with uh, Brendan for a couple of records. And since then, uh, has been working mostly with uh, Ron Agnello, who uh, is best known for working with uh, Patti Scalfa, who is, of course, Mrs. Springsteen, and a talented singer-songwriter in her own right. Uh, but yeah, the, the Rising, not only a significant album for that and many other reasons, but a really good record. And as far as uh, being a 9-11 record, uh, it really takes in the whole spectrum of the experience. You know, it uh, pays homage to the first responders, it addresses, you know, the whole the aftermath of, you know, the whole, what do we do on September 12th? How does life go on? How do we process the grief and such? And uh, just to tip my hand a bit, we're going to uh, close out uh, this week's show with the closing track from The Rising, a song called uh, My City of Ruins, which he did not actually write specifically for 9-11, which makes it even eerier. He had actually written it several years earlier uh, as, you know, a song about uh, the, uh, the economic decay of his hometown of Asbury Park. And the first time that he played it for a significant audience was the uh, telethon that they had... Uh, Shortly after 9-11, I believe it was within days, uh, there was a, a telethon uh, to raise money and uh, for, for the first responders and for the people whose, uh, whose lives had been turned upside down by 9-11. And they had tapped pretty much everybody on the planet to, uh, to uh, take part in this. And uh, it was a very stripped-down version of my city of ruins and this was before this was about a good year and change before uh the rising would have been released and i believe it was uh bruce uh little steven patty and i think the big man was there too 
and there might have been a little bit of a choir behind them because it is it is a gospel flavored song uh but uh, suffice it to say he did not write that song with 911 in mind because when he wrote that song 911 hadn't happened so it's really kind of uh, just kind of uh, peculiar how uh you know you'll you'll write something for one reason and then like years later maybe months later maybe could be days later it takes on a whole new significance so uh we are going to uh close out today's show with uh my city of ruins from the rising as we kick off today's show with the title track and with that hey everybody it's debts no honest man can pay my name is greenberg thank you so much for joining us we are here weekly on nrm streamcast as well as a host of places where you get your uh, podcasts places like apple google stitcher castro uh breaker overcast radio public tune in Castbox, iHeartRadio, and Pocket Casts. We also archive the podcast over at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com, where you will also find every playlist from every episode dating back to April of 2003. There's a handful of blog posts there and some other fun stuff, so check that out. Regardless of where you get the podcast, we encourage you to leave us some ratings and reviews. Uh, lets us know that that uh, you're out there lets us know uh that we're not spinning in the wind and it helps us to uh improve if we do need to improve and if we don't need to improve it lets us know that we're uh to keep up the good work so uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram at exile on east street and if you feel like doing so you may like debts no honest man can pay on facebook you can also drop us an email if you feel so inclined. Uh, just shoot us an email over at debtsnohonestmancanpay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you are one of our international listeners. Uh, like I've been saying recently, I, I'm just absolutely tickled to tears every time I look at the analytics and see that we've got people from all over the globe listening. So that makes me really, really happy. I haven't seen any... Uh, any numbers from Canada, I would love to see some Canadian listeners come on board because I'm a big fan of Canadian content. I grew up like 20 minutes away from the Canadian border. So um, the fact that we've already got listeners in Mongolia and Hungary and the United Arab Emirates and the UK and Poland and Italy, man, that just, just fills my heart with glee. So... Uh, yeah, I think that takes care of it for all of the, uh, social media, uh, posts there that we gotta take care of in each break. Well, not posts, but the hitting the posts, if you will. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, you're probably wondering, what's on today's show? And I'm so glad that you asked because, uh, well, we are going to spend some quality time with a, uh, a brand new compilation that came out maybe about a week ago maybe about a week or so ago and it kind of popped up it was on Bandcamp for a day and then it disappeared and if you missed out on it you missed out on it i i could be wrong but from what i read is that this particular compilation was out for a day and if you missed it you missed it but i happened to catch wind of it 
and I was lucky enough to go ahead and purchase my uh, copy of it. it. It's a digital compilation. I don't know if they're going to do a, uh, a uh, physical product, but it's called Good Music to Avert the Collapse of American Democracy. And it is a sprawling 40-track collection of some of indie rock's finest. Uh, there's a lot of demos, there's some uh, live recordings, there's some covers, and uh, we're going to play you a fistful of tracks off of that later on today. Plus, we are going to spend some quality time uh, catching up on some of the really awesome music documentaries that have been coming out recently. And I've been watching a lot of things lately. I've been watching a lot of fun stuff on the Hulus and the Netflixes and the Amazons. And I've been watching some movies and some documentaries. And I've, I've been re-watching the whole MCU canon. And there have been a couple of really seriously awesome music documentaries that I've been watching over the past several months. And some of them that I watched very recently that I've been wanting to uh, to uh, just uh, talk with you guys about. But, you know, things pop up. And, uh, you know, last week we did the Labor Day show. The week before that we did the Justin Towns Earl mixtape. Two of the lengthiest shows we've ever done. Uh, and I decided not to push my luck and this week's show is a little bit closer to the, the usual length. I don't know. It could still be long. You know me. I like to talk. But regardless, we are going to go ahead and uh, spend some quality time with some music featured in some top-notch musical documentaries that you can stream from the comfort of your very own home. All this and much, much less on today's show. But first, the big news of the week. The big news of the week. There have been rumors... There have been rumors, and finally, it was official. Thursday morning, brand new single from Bruce Springsteen. Like I said earlier, the first all new, well, is it all new? Let me, let me clarify. There are three songs on here that Bruce wrote back in the 70s. Uh, one of them was uh, Janie Needs a Shooter, which Warren Zevon had recorded as Jeannie Needs a Shooter. And I'm seriously excited to hear that. There's a couple of other uh, songs from uh, Springsteen's early career, like before, like pre-Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, that uh, will be there. There's also a song, a uh, oh, song title of the year, House of a Thousand Guitars. Um, there's no official word on it because there's actually a Willie Nile song of the same name. So I'm not sure if it's a cover or if Bruce was inspired to uh, cover Willie Nile's song. Uh, either way, I'm confident that a song with the title of House of a Thousand Guitars absolutely cannot suck. It's against the law for a song, House of a Thousand Guitars, to suck. It's it's just, it's there's a built-in immunity there. I'm confident of it. But uh, anyway... Uh, we've got a brand new Springsteen record that's coming out on October 23rd, recorded in five days late last year, live in the studio, which is a first for them. No overdubs, which 
doesn't surprise me because this is one of the hardest working bands in show business. Uh, the first single is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, the best way for me to describe it, if you, like me, are a defender of all that is righteous on E Street, the best way to describe this, if you haven't heard it, and let's face it, you probably already have. But to me, this record sonically is like if the E Street Band had taken up residence on... If the, let me try that again. It's as if the E Street Band had taken up residence in Lucky Town. And if you're a Springsteen fan... You'll know what I mean. With that in mind, I'm going to shut my app and we're going to drop the needle on this brand new Springsteen single. It's the title track from the forthcoming record, Letter to You. Summon all that my heart finds true And send it in my letter to you
And I sent it in my letter to you
Don't touch the shelf, don't touch the people, don't touch yourself, Lysol. Sprayed on the wheel, no hugging, no shaking, hand holding, no feel. Savoir faire, Pikachu, pillowcase, mask, looking debonair. Conversating with an Amazon bot, Waterburger drive through, dressing like an astronaut. Tell your dad 
rock and roll is here to stay Come inside where it's okay And I'll shake surprise that nobody expected this week as opposed to the delightful surprises that you expect which technically are not surprises regardless so we wrap things up there with a cover of big stars 13 and anytime somebody covers big star i'm interested and anytime somebody covers 13 i'm interested and it's probably one of the more covered or one of the most covered uh, big star songs uh, but I, I'm a sucker and I will listen every time because it is just a beautiful ballad and right there we have a collaboration between three artists who all record and write under pseudonyms two of which I'm big fans of and uh, the third the the marquee artist on this uh, collaboration an artist I've never heard of uh, she writes and performs under the gnome de plume Bedouin. That's B-E-D-O-U-I-N-E. Her real name is Azniv Korkajian. She is a Syrian-American singer-songwriter. Grew up in Syria. Uh, she and her family uh, moved to Saudi Arabia, and eventually they moved to the U.S. She uh, spent some time in Boston. She is currently based out of L.A., and the whole idea to cover uh the big star classic 13 was when she was on tour with katie crutchfield and alinda lee secura of course katie crutchfield of course aka waxahachie alinda lee segura better known as hooray for the riffraff and uh so spontaneously one evening they started harmonizing on big stars 13 decided to record it and release it as a one-off single uh, it just dropped this past week and is just fucking delightful. So uh, before that, another surprise I wasn't expecting, Ghost of 
Vroom, V-R-O-O-M. And when you hear the spelling, you're like, yep, yep, it's got to be that. And sure enough, it is Mike Doty, the former frontman of Soul Coughing and solo artist for many years, uh, Mike Doughty, uh, revisiting the fertile ground of Soul Coughing with uh, bassist Andrew Livingston. And when you hear the single, you're like, yeah, there's definitely some Soul Coughing territory there. And just the title, Ghost of Vroom, the very first album from Soul Coughing, who were one of my favorite 90s bands. Uh, people talk about 90s bands, and they talk about, you know, Nirvana, Soundgarden, uh, Pearl Jam. For me, it was Morphine, Soul Coughing, um, Sloan, uh, Fountains of Wayne, Luscious Jackson. Uh, but for me, you know, Morphine and Soul Coughing were, like, at the top of the heap. And uh, so the very first album from Soul Coughing was called Ruby Room, which... I believe was a reference to Ruby Froom, who is the uh, daughter of Mitchell Froom, the uh, fabled producer who worked with uh, Soul Coughing, along with uh, Chad Blake. I believe that Chad Blake and both uh, both Chad and uh, Mitchell worked with them. But regardless, Ghost of Room definitely a reference to uh, Soul Coughing, and when this new single called Rona Polona. Uh, definitely sounds like soul coughing. And so I, I just read a little article about this release on uh, rollingstone.com. And sure enough, Mike was looking to, at first, he was going to put back together soul coughing, which was a huge surprise because he had gone on record as saying, you know, he really didn't get along with the soul coughing guys. But I guess he really wanted to revisit that territory. So hence, Ghost of Room is born, and there will be a an EP, an EP that will be entitled. I have it written down here somewhere, don't I? <laughs> oh man, where did I write it? I can't even. It's called Ghost of Room Two. It's their debut EP, but it's called Ghost of Room Two. It'll be out on September twenty fifth. So that's what about two weeks from now. So. So there you have it. Uh, so you have that awesome collaboration on the big star cover. You've got Mike Doty revisiting that fertile soul coughing territory. And then before that, the first single in five years from New Order. And what an upbeat song it is. A, a song, the kind of song that we need for these times. A song that reminds you that life is not a total raging dumpster fire. There are parts that have not been singed by the flames, and you got to enjoy those while, while they're not being singed. So the new single from New Order is called Be a Rebel. Uh, from what I can tell, it's a standalone single. They are also in the midst of reissuing a bunch of their older stuff, so kind of nice of them to uh, kick us a little bone there with some uh, new uh, music from New Order. At the top of the set... Honestly, didn't think it was going to happen. You know, r rumors, you know, I take them with the salt lick. But, you know, the rumor, the rumors and the evidence had been piling up. And my first, my first serious clue that there was going to be a new Springsteen record was a couple of weeks ago. When they did the uh, Joe Strummer tribute on the uh, Joe Strummer YouTube channel put together by uh, Jesse Mallon. 
and uh, Springsteen did not perform. A lot of people performed, and they covered Strummer songs, and they covered Clash songs. Springsteen showed up, and he very briefly uh, wished Joe Strummer a happy birthday, because uh, it took place on Joe Strummer's birthday. So he offered his birthday greetings, but didn't perform. And I'm like, well, Springsteen is a huge Joe Strummer fan. And if he's not performing on this, this means that he's got to be really busy wrapping up a new record. That was the first thought that popped into my head. And God damn it, I was right. Yes, uh, October 23rd, brand new Springsteen record, 12 tracks, recorded live in the studio over five days late last year, no overdubs. It's called Letter to You, and like I was saying earlier, it really seriously sounds as if E Street had been taking up residence in Lucky Town. And with that, hey everybody, it's Debt Snow Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast, as well as the following places where you get your podcasts. Places like Apple, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Castro, Overcast, Radio Public. TuneIn, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and PocketCast. And if you hustle on over to DebtSnowHonestManCanPay.com, you will find that we have conveniently archived all the podcasts for your dining and dancing pleasure. And you will find every playlist for every episode dating back to April of 2003. Plus, we've got a handful of blog posts there and other fun stuff. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, the very same handle, uh, Exile on East Street. And if you go over to Facebook, you can like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. We've had a serious bump in likes this past week. And I went ahead and dipped into my pocket and I put out a Facebook ad. We've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of new likes. And I hope that that translates into a lot of people. Uh, just picking up the podcast and joining us this week. Uh, like I said, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email if you feel like it. Debt's no honest man can pay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Especially if you're one of our international listeners and one of our esteemed international listeners. So, moving right along. So, like I was saying earlier, been watching a lot of things because pandemic. And a lot of the things that I've been watching have been musical documentaries. So, uh, let's see. Well, there was the uh, uh, Once Were Brothers, Robbie Robertson in the band, which was good. Not great, but good. Yeah, I'm always going to watch a music documentary, even if it's a band I don't like. I hate the Eagles, but I watch that documentary. I watch the shit out of it. And I love the band. And I was looking forward to watching it, and I enjoyed it. But it was, I wouldn't say it was a fluff job, but I'll say that music don- music documentaries are at their best when you get a full 360-degree view. You have per- participation from not only the subjects, but you, the people who have been influenced by them, the people who have worked with them. And, uh, you know, it was good, but it was because... The band, you know, the only surviving members left are Robbie Robertson and Garth Hudson. And I 
don't believe Garth Hudson took part in this documentary. It was mostly told from Robbie Robertson's uh, point of view, and I would have loved to have had a documentary that uh, featured uh, not only Robbie's point of view, but Levon Helm's point of view, because these were two dudes who, at the beginning, were as thick as thieves, and at the end, you know, Levon was pretty much saying that Robbie was the devil. And so, yes, Levon's no longer with us. Uh, Rick Danko's no longer with us. Uh, Richard Manuel, no longer with us. So I would have loved to have heard Levon's side of the story and to get other people's... You know, there were some, you know, Robbie's ex-wife chimed in, and it was all right. It wasn't a... I'm not going to say it sucked, but... I would say it was kind of, yeah, probably about a C plus B. So there was that one. And then there was the documentary that I've been dying to see for the last couple of years, the documentary about Cream Magazine. And Cream Magazine was this publication that made a huge influence on me when I was a kid, an influence that continues to exert itself to this day. And that was a documentary that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. It not only did it deliver, but it exceeded expectations. Uh, and because it was about a magazine and not a record and not a band and not a songwriter, that, and because so many of the key players are still with us, uh, it, it was just riveting. And because it was about a subject matter that's near and dear to me, I just couldn't have been happier. Uh, and then, of course, the Go-Go's documentary. Like the Go-Go's, always liked the Go-Go's, never like a hardcore Go-Go's fan, but I always liked them. But that was rock solid from beginning to end. Uh, and then, the, over the past couple of weeks, a couple of documentaries that uh, I watched. Um, so, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. Last week, finally caught up with the Beastie Boys story on Apple TV. And we'll talk about that a little later on today's show. But right now, the next documentary I want to talk to you about is called Susie Q. And you can find it on demand. I rented it from Amazon. And it's a documentary about singer, songwriter, bassist, glam rock pioneer, world-class badass, a woman who has influenced every rock and roller of the female persuasion who has come after her, Ms. Susie Quattro. Now, maybe the name Susie Quattro rings a bell. Maybe she doesn't. Uh, she grew up in Detroit, so bonus points for that. She was the youngest of five sisters, all musically inclined. They put together a band. And because she was the youngest, she got stuck playing the bass. But she just took to it like a fish to water. And not only did she take to it like a fish to water, but man, when she got there on the stage, just, just, she, she just, she just took that opportunity. She just, she was made for the stage. And eventually, uh, you know, the band broke up. It was not totally uh, amicable. 
as uh, there were record labels interested in the band, but they were more interested in Susie than her sisters. And so that caused some rifts. And Susie went ahead and pursued her career. And ironically, could not really get arrested in the United States, but was huge everywhere else. Was huge in Australia, was huge in the UK, was huge all over the world. Had hit after hit after hit. Was making this really loud and proud glam rock music that really kind of picked up where T-Rex left off. Just the kind of music that when you think of the early 70s, this was kind of, uh, you know, it re really represented that, that early 70s to mid-70s glam rock sound. And, I, and here we go. The one, I guarantee you, you're going, yeah, this is great. I have no idea who you're talking about. And now I'm going to drop some science on you, and you're going to be, holy shit, I know who you're talking about. Susie Quattro, also known as, wait for it, Leather Tuscadero. That's right. I don't know about you, but I grew up watching Happy Days. Richie, Fonzie, Potsy, Ralph Malf. Loved it. It did not age well. I cannot, as much as I loved it as a kid, I cannot bring myself to watch a Happy Days rerun in this present day. But when I look back on it, I think that some of the better moments were those when uh, Susie Quattro appeared as Leather Tuscadero. And in my head, she was on there like twice, maybe three times. But why, after watching the documentary, turns out she was on like about seven or eight times. I don't remember that, but cool. And she was badass. And, you know, you watch this documentary and you see everybody from, like, J Joan Jett. Joan Jett pretty much modeled her look in her old stage image after Susie Quattro. L7. You know, just so many other really awesome women in rock and roll. And men in rock and roll. Just everybody. You know, Iggy had really cool things to say about Susie. Uh, you know, all the people in Detroit... They, they had props for Susie. All the people in the glam rock community, they had props for Susie. All the people on the Sunset Strip, they had props for Susie. And like I said, she didn't have a ton of hits until 1979. She had one, there was like, okay, so back in the early 70s, there was one song that almost dented the top 40 called Can the Can. But Susie didn't actually have a top 10, let alone top 40 hit, until 1979. And it was a song that was just Susie playing against type. It was a fucking ballad. A duet with a guy named Chris Norman, who was the front man of a band called Smokey. Uh, it was just a total middle-of-the-road ballad called Stumbling In, which was a perfectly fine song, but just totally... A 360 opposite of what Susie was doing. So, regardless, I watched this documentary a couple weeks ago called Susie Q. And if you're looking for something to watch and you are a music nerd like me and you want to learn about somebody that you barely knew about or, or just never heard of before, I highly recommend 
spending the three or four bucks to rent Susie Q. And with that in mind, we're going to listen to a fistful of tracks from the legendary Susie Quattro, who is still kicking it at the age of 70. She, you know, she not only has she done the whole rock and roll thing, she's done the acting thing, she's done theater. Is she still at it? She is still at it. I am so proud of you, Susie. Uh, I'm I'm proud to be a Detroiter like you, and when when I when I tell people I'm proud to be from Detroit, it's because of people like you. And with that, we listen to a fistful of Susie kicking things off with the Wild One. Oh my life, I wanted to be somebody, and here I.
fistful of tracks from the legendary Susie Quattro at the age of 70, rocking harder than most human beings half her age. I'll even say rocking harder than most human beings a quarter her age. Uh, most of those songs from, well, no, all of those songs from the 70s uh, first are concluding the set. Uh, the song 48 Crash from the self-titled album Suzy Quattro. Before that, Devilgate Drive. You may remember that as one of the songs that she performed as Leather Tuscadero on Happy Days from the album called Quattro. Smack dab in the middle of the set, the 1979 album If You Knew Suzy and the only top 10 set, only top 10 hit from Suzy Quattro, a duet with a fellow by the name of Chris Norman, who was the frontman of a band called Smokey. And stumbling in, that one went to number four on the Billboard charts back in 1979. Uh, going back to the self-titled album for Can the Can, uh, before stumbling in, that was the closest thing that Susie came to a top ten hit. I think it barely cracked, like, maybe number 44 on the Billboard charts. And at the top of the set from the album Quattro and The Wild One. I cannot recommend highly enough the documentary Suzy Q. It is out now on demand. I rented it on, uh, on Amazon, but I'm sure there are a million places that you can find it. Hey, everybody, it's Debt's new Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast. And most other places you find your podcasts, places like Apple, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Castro, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and Pocket Casts. We also archive the podcasts over at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com. And you will also find every playlist from every episode dating back to April 7th, 2003, which was our very first episode. You'll also find a handful of blog posts there, as well as other kinds of shenaniganery. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Same handle, at Exile on East Street. You can go ahead and like Debt Snow Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. And if you feel so inclined, you can drop us an email at debtsnohonestmancanpay at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you especially if you are one of our esteemed international listeners. So, moving right along, there was a sprawling 40-song compilation. There have been a lot of sprawling compilations over the past several months. There was the uh, one to benefit uh, the Cat's Cradle. Uh, Bloodshot Records put out a cool one uh, maybe about a month or two ago. Uh, there was the sprawling tribute to Adam Schlesinger. And now we've got this brand new one that dropped last week. It dropped silent but deadly, if you will, for one day only. For one day only. It was available on Bandcamp. And it was like 20 bucks, which for 40 songs is a pretty good deal. Uh, just the creme de la creme of indie rock. The compilation is called Good Music to Avert the Collapse of Democracy. And to just give you a taste of some of the folks who are involved in this, let me go ahead and bring this up for you. All right. And there we go. 
So you, you've got the heavy hitters. You got REM. You've got uh, Death Cab for Cutie. You've even got Ben Gibbard of Death Cab uh, duetting with Tycho. Uh, let's see who else. A soccer Mommy, uh, Sudan Archives, Jeff Tweedy, Sharon Van Etten, um, Tegan and Sarah, Best Coast. Oh, who else? Real Estate, Sylvanesso, Josh Ritter, Laura Jane Grace, King Tuff, Super Chunk, of course, Super Chunk. Like I said, 40 songs. And a lot of these are covers. Some of them are demos. Some of them are live recordings. But it's an awesome compilation. I spent quality time with it yesterday. And I'm looking forward to revisiting it time and time again. And I am looking forward to sharing a fistful of tracks from this compilation with you right now. So one of the tracks that stood out for me was this awesome selection entitled Chapter 319, Jonathan's Full Story is the subtitle. Uh, the band is called Clipping. It's all lowercase with a period at the end. And I was like, I really dig this song, and I really dig this song a lot. So I'm like, who who is Clipping? So, yeah, apparently they've been around for a bit. You know, they've been around since 2009. Uh, they're based out of L.A., and they're kind of an experimental uh, hip-hop act, a trio, if you will. Uh, producers William Hudson and Jonathan Snipes. And here's the one that made me do the double take. Uh, the dude out in the front, David Diggs. Now, if the name sounds familiar, he was in Hamilton. Of course, I didn't know that. My introduction to David Diggs was that he was the uh, he's the star of the TNT uh, series Snowpiercer, based on the movie of the same name. And then I learned afterwards that he was in Hamilton. And one of these days, I'll watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. I know I should. I just haven't really found myself to be in a big hurry to do so. But when I found out that David Diggs was involved in clipping, I was like, okay, I, I, I liked him before, now I like him even more. So, and, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to front this first song. is It's going to be galvanizing. Some people are not going to like it, but some people are going to fucking love it. I happen to be one of the latter. So, with that in mind, here's a fistful of tracks from the new compilation, Good Music to Avert the Collapse of Democracy. Like I said, it was available for one day on Bandcamp, and then they took it down. I don't know if they put it back up, but uh, I got while well, the getting was good. So, good work to avert the collapse of democracy is the new compilation, 40 tracks, some of, the, some of indie rock's finest. And with that, here's clipping with Chapter 319, Jonathan's Full Story. Donald Trump is a white supremacist.
stop. Take the power back, 
Take the power back home, let's sweet. Take the power back, take the power back, take the power back home. Politicians bought and sold, they forgot about real love. They only need the pockets filled, don't care about our blood. Well, I think you know where the story goes, us and in game you won't like. Storm an ocean of blood and the bullets rain and bell. The rich get richer while the stench of death is burning down the world. I tell rain about rich and wet. We ain't gonna be no more unless we take the power back, take the power back, take the power back home unless we take the power back, take the power back, take the power back home.
don't come with your arms swinging throw them around me some kind of sweet relief I hope you never leave it's all the same to me just bring yourself you know your presence is present enough I got a front row seat it's all the same to me I spent a lot of my time doing a whole lot of nothing I know you're doing your best I think you're doing just fine I know it's been a long week you're taking your time some kindness goes around some kind of backfires it's all the same to me ignore that voice it puts you down you make your choice I'm here for you it's all the same to me I've got a lot on my mind But I don't know how to say it I know you're doing your best I think you're doing just fine To me, you know, it's all
Thank you. It's almost like we'd rehearsed it.
a fistful of tracks from the compilation, the sprawling 40-track compilation, Good Music to Avert the Collapse of Democracy, a compilation that dropped on Bandcamp last week for one day and then went away. Uh, but man, it was great while it lasted, and I'm lucky to have purchased my digital copy before it uh, got Thanos snapped out of the uh, atmosphere. Uh, wrapping things up with a lengthy track from the legendary Preservation Hall Jazz Band, and uh, that was recorded live in Seattle. Uh, clocking in at 7 minutes and 53 seconds, we heard 100 fires. Uh, before that, the great Courtney, Bur Courtney Barnett with a song that uh, I didn't realize I loved as much as I did, but I really especially loved that live version. Uh, that's Sunday Roast, that one also recorded live. Smack dab in the middle of the set when I read that the Decemberists were covering the Hoodoo Gurus. I just genuinely got Little Kid on the first night of Hanukkah excited. Uh, and the Hoodoo Gurus, one of Australia's greatest garage bands, from an album that I adore called Mars Needs Guitars, a song called Death Defying, as covered by the Decemberists, uh, a track recorded live. Before that, My Morning Jacket, and Bring the Power Back Home, something I'm hoping we're going to do in November, because I don't know about you, but I've had it with four years of Orange Thanos, and I can't take another four years. At the top of the set, the band called Clipping, and that's lowercase Clipping, with a period at the end. Uh, clipping featuring David Diggs, he of Snowpiercer and Hamilton, uh, fronting this awesome experimental hip-hop collective, and the track Chapter 319, Jonathan's story. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast. And you can find us most places that you find your podcasts. Places like Apple, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Castro, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and Pocket Casts. And we also archive the podcasts at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com. And you'll find every playlist for every episode dating back to April of 2003, as well as a handful of blog posts and other fun stuff. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Same great handle, at Exile on East Street. And if you want to go ahead and like us on Facebook, you can do so. And you just search for Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay, and you click like. That's it. And if you feel like dropping us an email, you can do that too. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you, especially if, one of your, if you are one of our esteemed international listeners. Moving right along, the last full set of the show. Uh, so, it's no secret. There are tons of new streaming channels popping up every day, especially over the past couple of years. It reminds me back in the 90s when the, uh, when the uh, WB first popped up and the UPN popped up 
and we already had ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. And then uh, eventually uh, the UPN kind of went away, and then the WB became the CW, and then there became like a million cable channels, and everything exploded. And now with all the streaming services over the past couple of years, you got your Apple Plus, you got your Disney Plus, you've got your, uh, oh, what else? Uh, Peacock just launched, uh, HBO Max, uh, Quibi. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if Quibi's going to make it, but I digress. Uh, so I, I, I'm subscribing to all of them. I, I will say this. HBO Max, I can't use it on my TV because uh, they have not made nice with Roku. But if I take a little HDMI cord and an adapter, I can watch HBO Max on my TV. I cannot do that with Apple because Apple can be a dick. And I say that with love. I say that with love because Apple sometimes infuriates me, but at the end of the day... I I have a MacBook Pro, I've got an iPad, I've got an iPhone, and yes, I still use my iPod Classic on the regular. So while I will take Apple over Windows any day, there are a lot of things that Apple does that frustrate me, like discontinuing the iPod Classic uh, and like making it so you can't watch Apple Plus on your Roku because I went ahead and used the adapter and it basically flipped me the bird and said, fuck you. And then there's Peacock. Peacock, uh, the NBC streaming service, which this is, this makes absolutely no sense. So I, I plugged the adapter in with my iPad so I could watch Peacock and I watched a little promo and everything's great. And then after the promo, it freezes. And on my iPad, everything's fine. I'm, I'm able to watch that. But on my TV, it's just the last uh, promo or commercial. It just frozen. And I'm hearing all the dialogue from the show I should be watching on the TV. So, uh, yeah. So, HBO Max. Yes, I can get it to work with my TV. Uh... Apple TV told me to go fuck myself, and uh, Peacock is having some kind of uh, spiritual aneurysm that is stinking up the joint. So I have to watch Apple Plus, and I have to watch Peacock solely on my iPad. So all you guys, if you expect me to subscribe to shit, make it easy for me, or else I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home. But point being <laughs> is... I have been watching on Apple Plus some of their content. And one of the first things I wanted to watch on Apple Plus was the Beastie Boys story. I've been meaning to get to it and finally got around to it. I'm sitting there and I'm in bed the other night and I can't fall asleep because with the pandemic, you know, and hot winter, I don't always get to, I'm like, with the pandemic, gym's closed, so I can't do my cardio. But, if the weather is behaving, I can get out for a nice long extended hike. But with hot winter raging, with its heat and its uh, humidity, there have been several weeks where I couldn't get out. Uh, of course, you know, last week I got to go out for like four hikes and it was beautiful. 
But on one of those nights where I just could not fall asleep, I had the iPad and I'm watching Apple Plus and I'm watching the Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys story. And I'm expecting a cool music documentary directed by Spike Jones And Spike Jones and the Beasties together. They're fun. And I've always liked the Beasties. I've never been a hardcore fan, but saw them at Lollapalooza. Thought they were awesome. Uh, Really should have left after the Beasties because then after them, Smashing Pumpkins went on. And we kind of left early because Billy Corgan wouldn't stop whining despite the fact that he was on stage in front of all these people. He was whining and bitching and making fun of other bands. And I'm like, you're a dick. I'm going to take this opportunity to leave right now and beat the traffic. And I should have left after the Beasties. But I digress. So I'm watching the Beastie Boys story on Apple+. And I'm expecting a pretty decent music documentary. No, it is the two surviving members of the Beastie Boys, uh... Adam Horvitz and Mike Dunn. And they are in a theater, and apparently they've done this a couple of nights in a row, and it's a multimedia thing, and they're just in there doing a, a, a live presentation, and they're telling the Beastie Boys story. And Spike Jones is in the back, and he's doing projections, and they're, like, putting up clips and stuff, and it's really fun and engaging. It's like a spoken word thing, and it's just damn delightful. And really just kind of reignited my appreciation for the Beastie Boys. And just really just seriously, it just reminded me of why the uh, late Adam Yauch was such a cool individual. And inspired me to uh, uh, drag out the vinyl of Paul's Boutique. And just really just one of the things that I've always dug about the Beastie Boys is that they evolved. They started out being these obnoxious pricks. And they'll be the first ones to tell you that. And they evolved. They, they became a world-class hip-hop act. And they integrated their punk roots into things. And they were also pretty damn good with a funky instrumental. I really seriously dig when the Beastie Boys do some funky instrumentals. Like, hell... They're fans of Jimmy Smith, so I'll I'll take a bullet for them. So, anyway, highly recommend the Beastie Boys story on Apple Plus. Even if you have to watch it on your iPad because you can't get it on your TV, well worth your time if you're a fan of the Beastie Boys. If you're just a fan of good music, so with that in mind, we're gonna sit back, relax, and enjoy a fistful of tracks from the Beasties. Kicking things off with their seminal. Highly influential record. The record that came out in 1989 and at first was met by a rousing chorus of crickets, but has since been revered as an absolute classic, not only of hip-hop, but of indie rock and music in general. Uh, The album Paul's Boutique and the Beasties and Hey Ladies!
you know that I never did. Hey, ladies. <laughs>
tracks from the legendary Beastie Boys going back to 1992 and the album Check Your Head. They had uh, dropped uh, the uh, licensed Ill record back in the 80s and then went away, came back and did Paul's Boutique in 1989 and it was met with crickets but would later be revered by the entire galaxy and then kind of uh, just kind of with the 92's Check Your Head, that's where they kind of just kind of, they, I want to say they righted the course. Is that grammatically correct? They corrected the course, if you will. And, and since then, it had been smooth sailing. So from 92 and Check Your Head, we heard So What You Want. Uh, before that, Sabrosa, one of my favorites, because I love when the Beasties traffic in funky instrumentals. And it doesn't get any funkier than Sabrosa. Going to 95 for ill communication. Saw them on uh, that, was it 95? Yeah, I think it was 95. Might have been 94. Yeah, it was 94. It was 94. Ill communication when they played at Lollapalooza. 
before that, another one from Ill Communication, Sabotage. Awesome Spike Jones directed video for that one. And just th- that song there is just about as good as it gets. Uh, before that, going back to Check Your Head, another awesome funky instrumental and Groove Homes at the top of the set from the seminal Paul's Boutique record. And hey, ladies, I can't not say it like Jerry Lewis. It's it's impossible. I just can't not do it. And when I do that, I, I say the double negative. I say the double negative. The I I just can't not do it. So uh, there you have it. There you go. Fistful of tracks from the Beastie Boys. Uh, highly recommend the Beastie Boys story on Apple TV. Check it out. It it is just absolutely delightful. And with that, hey, everybody, it's debts now, honest man can pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here weekly on NRM Streamcast, as well as the following haunts where you will find your podcasts. Places like Apple, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Castro, Overcast, Radio Public, uh, TuneIn, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and Pocket Casts. Uh, we also archive the podcasts at uh, debtsnowhonestmancanpay.com. You will also find every playlist of every episode going back to April of 2003. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. I don't care. See if I care. Either way, you're going to want to use the handle at Exile on E Street. And if you're on the Facebook, you can like Debt's New Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook because that's where you will like things on Facebook. Um... I have no idea of what I just tried to do there. So it's really good that we're damn near the end of the show. Um, yes, send send us an email. Oh, how could I forget? Uh, regardless of where you get your podcast, leave us a rating and or a review. We enjoy it. Uh, drop us an email if you feel so inclined. Debts no honest man can pay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you're one of our international listeners. So. With that, we're going to wrap things up much in the same way that we kicked things off with the track from Springsteen's 2002 record, The Rising, with thoughts in our head of October 23rd when Letter to You, Springsteen's 20th studio album, will be dropping. In the meantime, we wrap things up with My City of Ruins from Springsteen's The Rising. And with that, everybody have a great week. Take care, be safe, and remember... The dogs on Main Street howl because they understand. There's a blood red circle on the cold dark ground, and the rain is falling down.
Hey, hey. 